Welcome back to Round 12, the podcast that will always be dedicated to growth, development, and motivational mastery. I am your host, Sensei Roger B. Hamilton. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of the Round 12 podcast series. Let's go get it. Time management and the working college student. Time. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to throw away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 8. Every morning you are handed 24 golden hours. They are one of the few things in this world that you get for free of charge. If you had all the money in the world, you couldn't buy an extra hour. What will you do with this priceless treasure? Remember, you must always be certain to use your time wisely if your life is to be what you want it to be. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to welcome our first guest to the Round 12 podcast series. And his name, ladies and gentlemen, if I may introduce you, I will withhold for a moment because his grand entrance means a great deal to me. So our guest is currently a graduate of UC Santa Barbara, uh, the esteemed college and university in Southern California. He is currently the social program lead for an outstanding speakers company called Sonos. He is also known as Cozy Kid, the music DJ and producer excellence. And he's coming along well, working with a member, uh, a three member group called Comfort Food as they produce uh, and present uh, music in the Southern California area right now. He's originally from the Bay Area. He's a black belt karate uh, expert, uh, but he never tells anybody about it because he's down low like that, but he's a very cool dude. And if I may say, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Mr. Omar Hamilton. Omar, welcome to round 12. Hello, hello. Good to be here. Good to be here. Thank you for the introduction. I'm uh, excited to be a part of the show. Been uh, listening to the first show and happy to be here. Outstanding. Now, as you can see, you know, we, we labeled this show Time Management and the Working College Student. And uh, you of all people, I think, might know something about both those topics. But let's back it up a little bit and talk a little bit about where you came from and how you even got to be a working college student. 
uh, as I'd mentioned in the introduction, uh, we know that you had taken some years to participate in the art of karate, you know, Japanese karate, um, martial, martial arts as people know it. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Uh, and when we talk about time management, how, how, how difficult or easy was it for you to become a black belt? What was that all about? Um, I don't think the feat of becoming a black belt, no matter where you are, no matter where you train, no matter what style you're in, is no easy feat. Um, and doing anything uh, coming up through school, through um, middle school, high school, college, any student athlete knows that time management is crucial to your success. Um, so with that being said, it was definitely a difficult feat. Um, receiving my black belt, the training for it, the invaluable lessons learned as far as how to manage my time how to best keep myself fit and healthy mentally, uh, because not only are you training your body physically, but you want to also be mentally healthy, healthy enough to withstand anything as far as grade slipping or, um, you know, having a tough time with fitting in or learning how to deal with people in social circumstances, learning how to fight, learning how to um, keep your head cool in certain situations. And all that goes into time management and all that is something that you have to take a personal inventory of, evaluate how your life is looking, and use your time best to develop those skills. Well, that's interesting, too, because really, you, you offer a host of insight on the, the, you know those travels and that journey. And I think it's kind of important people who are in that place for people who are in that place. But what about people who are just working every day and trying to push through that? I think that's where I'm going to try and make a parallel today. And so thank you for taking time to express a little bit about the whole karate experience and uh, that matters. But, but as we move on, we think in terms of transitioning from a, a young uh, middle school student and then high school student and then college student and then becoming a black belt along the way and, and you know, feeling a sense of yourself and suddenly getting in the college environment. And if I understand it correctly, you majored in journalism to start off. So what was that transition like? Was it difficult, or scary? And what, what are some things that maybe you could tell others about how to prepare for such a thing? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think my original transition into college, so um, just to give some background, I attended Los Medanos Community College for two years prior to going to UCSB. Um, and that's where I originally started studying journalism. Now, ultimately, going into it, journalism was a passion of mine, um, to say at least, at least academically, was something I could see myself doing. Um, hadn't had much experience about it prior, so I was com kind of coming into a new field, but my original goal was to work in sports journalism, um, whether that be ESPN, Yahoo Sports, Bleacher Report, whatever the case may be, uh, that was my ultimate focus. And going into school after high school, I think the biggest change and biggest adjustment that folks have to make is that things count and not that they don't count in high school but once you get to college whether it be community college whether it be a university whether it be a trade school whatever the case may be your money and time are going to those things and you need to have your dedication and your commitment to achieving that goal be aligned with the money that you're spending and what i mean by that is those those checks for class are coming out of your pocket every quarter every semester every year whatever the case may be and your focus needs to be there every time that check is coming out because if not not only are you hurting yourself financially but you're hurting yourself from a time and development standpoint too 
Um, so going into journalism, um, was definitely really excited to get started. And then you start get started in a, you know, college, you start to take some college level courses and meet other folks who have, uh, you know, similar aspirations. And then you realize that, you know, I do have to be working hard. It's not like high school where sometimes you can skate by on, uh, you know, talent or, uh, brains or whatever the case may be. You need to be focused. You need to be attending class. You need to be aware of deadlines. You need to be comfortable talking to professors where you may not have had to in high school. Um, so I think it's definitely a challenge, but I think it's, it can be, um, a great way to learn and prepare yourself for adulthood at the same time. Um, now, while you are still considered an adult at 18, around the time you're going to school, um, around that time, you're still learning a lot about yourself, how to take care of yourself, how to manage your time, manage your body, manage your health. Um, so I think all of that goes into the challenge of going to college, but at the same time can be a healthy um, crutch or a healthy gateway into adulthood. Man, that's an amazing list of actions and awareness of actions all tied into our topic of time management. But it's interesting to me is we started this out to talk about a youngster, you know, somebody just coming into his own and trying to grow and finally arriving at college. And the list you just presented was major. So was there a, a one-time event in your life or an epiphany you had, you know, walking to class one day or something that made you aware, man, I got to get off the dime and get real on this, man. I, I, I got to stop playing around and take this crap seriously. Or did you just find yourself floating into it? Um, I think that's a good question because I think it was a little bit of both. Um, now, going into school, um, you know, you definitely, at least if you're going into any school, you know, your ultimate goal is to graduate um, or at least it should be to graduate. And that doesn't necessarily mean graduate with a bachelor's. It could be an associate. It could be a certificate, whatever the case may be. But you're ultimately signing up for school to graduate. Now, at the same time, you may think, all right, I'm going to go to class. I'm going to take the tests. I'm going to write the essays and I'm going to be fine. Um, and I think for me, the epiphany hit when you or when I got out of my first semester and it wasn't that I did poorly, but um, I got out of my first semester. Grades were a little bit lower than um, some of the grades that the schools I wanted to transfer to were looking like. And at that point, it just made me realize that there's no going back. Um, everything that's going to be on my rec records, on my transcripts um, is going to be looked at by any college I'd like to go to in the future. And once you take these classes, there's no going back. There's no start over button. Yes, you can retake classes. Yes, you can try to take additional electives to boost your GPA. But ultimately, if you're falling behind early, you're going to stay behind. So I think for me, after seeing the effort that I put into my first semester and how the grades didn't come out the way I had liked, really made me know that, all right, I'm going to need to push even harder to the next level if I really want to make myself successful and achieve the goal of transferring and transferring to a school that I'd like to go to. You know, one thing jumps out at me about what you just said there, and that is beginning any goal with the end result in mind, the idea of graduating. It's funny how you think in terms of this little student, this cute little kid with his cute little white uh, belt and his cute little uniform as people looked at it, and then ultimately rising to adult status and being a black belt and getting there. 
it to me represents a real transition. And so the college environment is even more powerful because there's all these outside agents judging you and, and wanting results from you and having no other interest in you outside of the class environment. So it really becomes your struggle and no one else's, not your parents' struggle, not your fellow students' struggle. It becomes your struggle. So really, that, that's impressive. Uh, the fact that you're aware of this and that you would share it with our audience and maybe some of you out there maybe can take this to heart that don't start it feeling overwhelmed already start it with the idea that no matter what happens i'm going to get to the end no different than if you're driving down the road and you have a flat tire you're not going to throw your car away you're going to fix the flat and keep going now we talked about you being a working student we're talking about time management to keep us on point and I'm sure that the company wouldn't mind if we shared this because they've helped a lot of young students move forward, and that's Starbucks. So the Starbucks organization is where you started your first part-time employee. What kind of things did you learn there, you think, that can be beneficial to you? Man, Starbucks. Starbucks. Good times. <laughs> Shout out Starbucks out there. I hope y'all still making some good frappuccinos. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I think... Um, Working for a company like Starbucks, I think I'm, you know, being blessed enough to uh, start my working career uh, with a company like Starbucks. Now, at the end of the day, it's still a fast food restaurant um, or, you know, in the same category of a fast food restaurant. So you may not anticipate that you're going to get a lot of the same job and life skills um, that I did actually end up getting at Starbucks. Um, so, you know, the biggest thing that I had to adjust to is the hours. Um, Working at Starbucks, you're going to have times where you're going to work at 4 a.m. You're going to have times where you're going to work till 10 p.m. So being able to look at your schedule for the week and knowing that you have classes and being able to adjust your workflow, whether it be your homework workflow, your class workflow, your sleep workflow, uh, being able to adjust to those times and also just the professionalism that you learn. Um, Starbucks has a, you know, really they, they really want their employees to engage with the customers coming in. They want to create a home atmosphere make it so that customers can come in, feel as if they're going to visit a friend or visit a distant relative. They want it to be uh, what they like to call a second home. So with that, to be successful at Starbucks, you need to be able to communicate with others, communicate with strangers, customers, um, small talk, um, keeping yourself in conversations with business professionals, students, um, you know, stay at home parents, different types of people. And I think those lessons are valuable because uh, at the end of the day, networking is one of the greatest skills that you can ever have. And it's one of the skills that is not taught at college. It's not emphasized necessarily too much in college. Um, you're not generally going to take a class that's going to teach you how to network. You learn those things from experience. And ultimately, I can look back at my time at Starbucks. And I think it really did help with my ability to talk to people, feel comfortable talking to people, feel comfortable expressing myself, um, making small talk, making jokes, making people feel comfortable in general. And I think that's been a valuable skill along with the time management and definitely some of the friends I've made and connections I still have from Starbucks. I still value to this day. But at the end of the day, if you're just looking at um, what I've grown to learn from Starbucks from a business and development standpoint, um, the ability to communicate and handle stressful situations while still um, you know, keeping your head about you and still uh, doing things to the best of your ability, remaining calm and keeping a positive atmosphere, keeping a positive attitude um, or valuable lessons learned at Starbucks. Man, the same basic principles, bro. 
the same basic principles always apply. They never go away. They never change. And it's not amazing. It's just regular. You got to be your best self at the times when you need to be. And so what is discipline? Discipline is doing what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, whether you like it or not. But it sounds to me that you have a really good grasp on what it took to succeed in that part-time position, which really can seem like a major full-time position. Because if anybody spent any time at Starbucks, they know that the pressure can be on in that place. Oh, yeah. I mean, a, you know, a blind man can see that, no question about it. So you must have been a um, an outward and expressive person already to do such a thing or were you kind of reserved tell us tell us a little bit about the transition or the comfort and just walking into it was it easy or difficult um i think anytime you're working into your first job situation i think it can be difficult just in the sense that you don't know what you're going to get yourself into um these are going to be new things you know at the end of the day you're working your first job regardless of the level that you're at you're going to be learning new things, be surrounded with new people, uh, people with different experience levels, maturity levels, things like that. Um, so I was definitely nervous going into it, even from the interviews to starting on my first day. Um, I think I was nervous. Now, I've always been more of a reserved um, person naturally. I generally am a fairly quiet person. Um, however, what Starbucks, uh, I think what I both feared and then learned to excel at about Starbucks was just, you know, to that point of being able to talk to people, random people, doesn't matter their background, where they're coming from, what they do for work, um, what they do for fun, whatever the case may be. I was forced to be in a situation where I have to talk to people. And I think I'd learned to improve myself that way. I think I'd learned to excel, um, was eventually, you know, promoted into a shift supervisor role where I was more involved with a customer interactions, less involved with just the day-to-day, -day, you know, drink or food preparation. I had to be able to not only manage the expectations of external customers, um, but also just manage how the team is doing in general. Um, you know, making sure people are staying positive, staying, um, you know, that they have everything that they need, that if someone's frustrated that I can identify that and talk them down or help work towards a situation to ease that frustration. Um, so all those things were things that I was afraid of going into it. Um, definitely, you know, when you're going into any situation where you want to show a good, uh, you know, make a good impression, you want to hide those things to an extent, but definitely was shaking my first time either working on a drive through window or working at the front counter register. But as time goes on, you learn, um, you push through, as long as you can identify those things, and I think that's what helped me, is just being able to identify that this is something that I struggle with. I know this is something that I struggle with, but here's what I need to do to get better at it. And I think that's the best advice that you know anyone can have if you're struggling with anything. It's okay to identify that you're struggling with something. It's okay to know that you're not perfect. It's okay to know that you have to learn or something's gonna challenge you. But as long as you're aware of it, you can begin making steps to improve it. You know, you beat me to it because that was going to be my question. What tidbit of information would you share to help people along the way with this? Because it's been said that public speaking is the number one fear of human beings in the world. Can you imagine that? I mean, simply public speaking, but the more I meet folks and the more interaction I've had, I, I realize that that very well may be true. So the idea of preparation and a deep breath here or there or, you know, stepping out on the, the faith you have in yourself is, is an amazing sense of, um, of uh, information and, uh, and assistance on somebody's journey along the way. 
Now, as you're in school every day, we can't forget that because this whole topic of time management is super important. You're learning all these skills, you're doing all these things at Starbucks, but you still got to go home and study. Forget about fun right now. We haven't even spoken about that. We're talking about studying and working. So on that vein, now we talk about moving forward and you get the big job promotion. And next thing you know, God bless those folks over there at Starbucks, but you got accepted for a position at Apple Computer. What? Tell us a little bit about that. Everybody's favorite company in some ways. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people's favorite company. Tell us about that transition. How'd you get accepted for one? Um, yeah, that was, uh, you know, to that point, that's another example of why networking is so important today because, uh, you know, nowadays jobs are, you know, big time or, or good jobs are now hiring almost 80% of people based on referrals. Um, and that's how I was uh, offered an opportunity at the Apple store. So uh, a friend of mine had recently gotten a job there um, and then she had let me know that they were hiring, um, ultimately sent her over a resume. She submitted it over to her managers and uh, they called me in for an interview. So I went through uh, three interviews, um, one with a general store manager uh, or one with uh, one of the floor leads, one with our store manager and then one with the uh, regional manager. So it was my first time not only being in a multi-interview um, situation, but also just my first time having to deal with, um, even though it was at the Apple store, a company of that magnitude and of that um, reputation where I wanted to make sure that I was making a good good impression to them um, so that they would believe I could represent the Apple brand, right? But ultimately turned out well. Um, they liked what I said in my interview and they ultimately ended up giving me a job there. So. That was a blessing because it helped transpire the rest of my career and helped me kind of get to where I am now. And even though it was still when I'm in school, um, a lot of the lessons I learned there through the interview process and just through my day to day work um, were really valuable, especially as a part time student or full time student. Wow. Mad props for getting accepted at Apple and moving the needle forward all while still trying to go to school and living in your parents' home and trying to live out standards that you were presented as a kid, but then still transition into adulthood and be you. How difficult do you think it is for kids who turn into young adults and then who turn into adults functioning, but are still living with their parents? Would you? Is there any suggestion that you can give or, or any replay of your own situation where you could help somebody else to make that transition amicably, positively, so that you can remain close with your family, but still have an identity of your own? Um, I mean, my advice in that situation is just to become more, more self-reliant. Um, and I think we all love, you know, we have great relationships with our parents. We can have great uh, friendships with our parents and we want that to continue where it can get tricky is when you start moving into adulthood um, you know there's definitely a expectation whether it's going to be expressed or not that as you get older um, you'll be able to take care of yourself a bit more um, and also help out the family a little bit more so my best advice to you if you are living at home whether it be through school whether it be for school whether it be for financial reasons uh, whatever the case may be if you are living at home my best advice is to do what you can to help out around the house if you're in a tight space financially and you can't maybe contribute to bills, clean up some dishes or, you know, clean up the house a little bit just as a way to pay yourself back and, and show that gratitude. Um, sometimes if it means making dinner or taking the family out for dinner, one of those nights on a good paycheck, 
And just little things like, you know, if you have an opportunity for health insurance, take that opportunity. If you have an opportunity to, you know, pay your car note, pay your insurance note, whatever the situation may be, take that and ease some of the stress off of your parents because that'll allow you to move into more of an adult relationship where it's a mutual respect thing. They understand that you are working even though they're willing to help you and they love helping you out by letting you live at the house or doing whatever it is that they can help. They also know that you're on the right path as far as trying to make something of yourself. So I don't necessarily say that you should try and get out of your parents' house or get as far away from your family as possible um, to get freedom. That's not necessarily the thing because they, your family can be the best supporters in your life. Um, the best advice that I can give you is just start to f- pay some of that back. And it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be all at once. But just in a way, show your gratitude with little things like doing a chore every once in a while, taking them out for dinner, paying a bill, little things like that to start showing your independence will help build your relationship with the family because they'll know that you're working towards something bigger. Um, And that's all they want to see. Your parents want to see you succeed. They want to see you healthy. They want to see you smart. They want to see you doing well. They want to see you develop your own family. So what can scare them is when they're not seeing that. But when you can show that even during tough times, that's the most valuable thing I think you can do. And I think they'll appreciate it ultimately. Man, that's, that's great advice. You, You can't deny that the the sense of cooperation between any two people or more is always a great thing. You know, working together definitively works for success for all. You know, as we look at your timeline, boy, it's, it's, it's a little exciting already, but it's starting to get more exciting as we now realize that graduation is coming up for your college and uh, you make it through. And you take that proverbial walk and you get to throw your hat. And now you've graduated from Los Medanos. And guess what? You've applied for this University of uh, Santa Barbara and effectively you get accepted. Now you got a tricky situation. You're still a working college student, you still work for Apple Computer, and you're accepted at UC Santa Barbara. What happens next? Oh, next steps is start sending a lot of emails. Um, No, but in all honesty, once you get that news, as exciting as it is, and to anyone who's applying for college right now, thinking about applying for college, it is a beautiful feeling when you get that letter acceptance. Um, It is a beautiful feeling when you start going on your first few college tours, um, go and see a, uh, you know, you see your first counselors, you get some experience uh, meeting folks around the school, but it's definitely an amazing experience. And I Um, definitely up to anyone who's going through that right now. I hope you enjoy it. But at the same time, you also have to understand that the work begins right away. Um, In my situation, the moment I got my acceptance letter meant a couple things. Need to find out where I'm going to live, how I'm going to pay for school, and how I'm going to pay for my day-to-day life. Um, Now, luckily, with Apple stores being across the country, um, there was I was able to find an Apple store in Santa Barbara, ended up contacting the managers there, um, went through a couple interviews with the management team there, and uh, they were nice enough to let me uh, transfer down to that store. And uh, that was something that I was definitely a little bit concerned about because it was only about three months that I had been working at the Apple store um, before doing that. So, you know, it was up to my resume or, you know, the uh, way the team had looked at me through those three months was crucial to me being accepted into the Santa Barbara store. So that was one thing to mark off my list. The next thing is just comes down to where you're going to live. Anyone who's gone to school knows it's expensive. Living's expensive. Living in California is expensive as it is. 
but as a student, it's a whole different difficulty. So the next step was going and just finding a place to live. So uh, me and a friend of mine went down to Santa Barbara, started scoping out some places, asked as many apartment managers as we could, got some budget updates and see what we could afford. And then one thing led to another. We're able to find a spot down in Santa Barbara. Um, didn't live in the student housing. We're able to find an apartment off campus. Lived with a few friends of mine uh, that I still talk to today. So uh, it was definitely good, good, good work uh, that was done on that. And we're happy that it worked out. And then lastly, it comes to the financial part of it. Um, and I think that's the thing that can be the most daunting and can people can struggle with the most. Um, now, you definitely are going to get grants, federal grants. You're going to get scholarship opportunities, things like that. But at the end of the day, school is expensive. Um, it's expensive for students. It's expensive for parents. Um, so you need to be able to constantly keep an eye out for what you can do to pay those uh, pay those bills because they're going to be coming in either way. You want to get done as quickly as possible and as stress-free as possible. And the best way to do that is making sure you're getting to everything early and often. If it means FAFSA applications are due you know, in a certain time, get them done a month early. If it means that a scholarship applications are due at a certain time, get them done a month early. That way you can go back, check with counselors, make sure everything is in order, make sure you filled out the right paperwork, make sure there's nothing weird that's going to come up so that you can get the full benefit you need. And sometimes that's going to require taking out extra loans. That's okay. I had to do the same thing. But as long as you are constantly keeping track of your own financial status with the school, that's the best thing that you can do. The team, the schools are going to have financial counselors that will help you out, but you also have to be aware of what you have done so far and what you have not done so far. So that way they can help you to the best of their ability. Um, but ultimately it all worked out, um, you know, transferred down there, uh, made friends, got an apartment, started taking my first few classes. Definitely was a shock as far as uh, the workload, um, the environment, uh, the people, the culture, things like that. Definitely go through that shock, but uh, definitely is an experience I would not take back. Excellent, excellent. And, and I'm sure that even a university like UC Santa Barbara would be glad to hear you trying to uh, encourage people to check and balance before they come down there. Check and balance a little bit. Don't just come willy nilly thinking that you're just going to get on down to school and do whatever you want to. It has to be a focused, motivated, disciplined exercise. And that's important to note, especially from someone who's done it. And so realistically, I'm hoping that there's at least one student out there that's listening to this that's locking and loading right now and asking themselves the right questions so they can come up with the right answers. So, so thank you for sharing that. that. That's very, very important. And what about balance? You know, next to love, balance is the most important thing. And so when we talk about balance, when you are in school and you're working for Apple Computer, which is also not necessarily an easy job, and then you're trying to keep up with studies, but this idea of having fun, there's where the balance comes in. How do you plug in having fun and still doing all that and being effective? You just skip a lot of sleep. Um, you just, you know, when it comes down to time management, if you got to manage a little sleep out of there, you do so. Um, but no, in all honesty, it's just, uh, I mean, really it all circles back to the main conversation here is how are you going to manage your time? Um, and along with managing your time, the other thing that you have to learn is not only is, is your time has to be managed, but your body has to be managed along with that. So, uh, you know, going into UC Santa Barbara, for anyone who does not know, it is known as a party school and, you know, for good reason. Um, it's definitely an exciting environment, definitely some really fun times, great people out there. There's always something fun to do. 
However, with something fun to do means that you're taking away time spent that could be spent on studying, could be spent on working, could be spent on sleeping, whatever the case may be. So you have to learn that balance. Um, and sometimes it takes, not sometimes, I think for everyone, it takes a little bit of a struggle to figure out that balance because something's got to get cut at every point. Um, you know, early in time going to school, I may have said, you know what, let me just cut sleep and I'll just uh, do everything else, cut sleep, still have time to party, still have time to go to school, still have time to go to work until you get a year or so in and you realize, man, I'm draining my body. And then you have to learn to readjust and balance your time differently. Do I add a little bit more sleep and take away party time? Do I, uh, you know, sometimes you may feel like, well, maybe if I just take away some study time or some work time, then I can still get my sleep. But you have to be able to prioritize what is my, what are my necessities right now? Sometimes fun will be a necessity. Sometimes you need to go out, have some fun with your friends, let loose, relax. Sometimes standing will be a necessity. Sometimes sleeping in, you know, for 10, 12 hours will be a necessity. Sometimes studying for 13 hours or, you know, doing an all night will be a necessity. So you have to be able to balance what are my necessities in a weekly basis or in a day to day basis because it may change. Um, but you have to be able to keep track of that time. You know, at the end of the day, we get 24 hours and those 24 hours go by quick. So you have to understand when are things due? What are my uh priorities what are the things i need to have accomplished before i can go to sleep tonight and prioritize your schedule and your time based on that outstanding points of interest again uh these are things that as i'm listening to them i'm realizing that all, all of us need this just plain old working adults we need the same concepts active and alive in our lives too you know that sense of balance again you know that sense of quality time management is something to pay close attention to and start start to become effective you know um the trudge uphill to graduate from uc santa barbara in in itself we know is difficult uh because a school like that's not going to let you get by easily if there's one thing you could tell the audience about what you learned on that challenging scholastic climb up the mountain I mean, there are tests, there's all manner of study, there's difficult professors, there's walking the class, um, there's, there's falling off your skateboard and hurting your arm, there's all kinds of pressure. But if there's one thing you could share that would help us launch if we're at the beginning of our journey or struggle, anything at all, what, what could you share that says, man, this was the thing that, that really got me there? that I was really glad I got through. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing is, and I think this applies not only to school, but just life in general is um, remembering why you're there and remembering you're there for a reason. Um, it's very easy in school to be discouraged after getting a few bad grades or after having a rough time um, in a presentation or not studying for a test or maybe getting good grades, but not the grades you absolutely need. Uh, whatever the case may be. But remember, you're there for a reason. Um, if it's a new job where you're struggling, um, but they've hired you out of the 100, 200, 300 applicants, remember that they hired you for a reason. You bring something to the table that they believe in and they want and they encourage you to be there. And the same applies for school. Um, any school that you have to apply to to get into, and even ones you don't, keep in mind, you're there for a reason. They want you there for a reason. They're supporting you there for a reason. So with UCSB, I think the biggest thing I had to learn is there's a lot of smart people there. There's a lot of people there that were doing better than me in school. A lot of people there that, you know, maybe had different opportunities, different experiences, um, different 
upbringings and uh, you can it's easy to fall feel jealous or to feel as if you can't do something or feel uh, you get kind of an imposter syndrome where you feel like I'm not supposed to be here. They made a mistake letting me in or I'm not smart enough to do this or I'm not skilled enough to do this. And the end of the day, you have to keep in mind. You're there for a reason. There's experts who are evaluating your um, applications. There's experts who are interviewing you for a job. There's experts who are grading your PhD papers. Whatever the case may be, remember you're there for a reason. So if it doesn't work out right the first time, learn how to do better and figure out how to do it better the next time. But try your best. I don't know when I say, and I say try because I know how difficult it can be to remain positive and always say, keep that positive attitude. But at the end of the day, keep in the back of your mind that you are there for a reason. You have the ability. People know that you have the ability, but you have to remind yourself that you have the ability and you can never give up on yourself. Once you do that, then you're in a struggle. Even if all eyes are pointing against you, even if it seems like you're not going to make it through it, God, remember, you have those abilities. Now it's up to you to find them, hone them and make them work for you. Man, that's powerful. That is just plain powerful. And it leads me to think about the idea, the really important idea that's a really tricky subject, and that's culture and identity. Because you happen to be an African-American male. There's no getting around that, and we wouldn't want to. And we handle our business in a universal way that says we, we, we can be as, as black as we need to be, right? Or as adjusting and courteous and positive and universal as we should be. And tell me, is is that a sound understanding in your head now as an adult male? Uh, and along the way, was there any difficulty maintaining that? Or have you always felt like, nah, I'm good to go. I know who I am. I'm cool. Um, no, I think uh, um, you always want to say you're good to go. You're cool growing up. Um, but I think as an African-American, as a black man, black woman today's uh, in America and, you know, lots of other places across the world, too. Um, you may go through some phase in your life or some point in your life where you don't know who you should be um, because you may feel that you have to uphold a certain standard. And wherever the standard may come from, it may come from TV it may come from friends. It may come from family it may come from just your own beliefs and, and thoughts. But at the end of the day. Um, as black people in America, we are always trying to figure out where we best fit in or how we can be our best selves. And at the end of the day, it means that there's tons of different ways black people are going to act. Um, some of us are going to love uh, cartoons. Some of us are going to love rap music. Some of us are going to love sports. Some of us are going to love drawing. Some of us are going to love acting. Uh, there's a lot of different, talented, beautiful black human beings and of all races, too. But um, you have to understand, or I think the hardest thing to understand and get used to is that uh, you can be a little bit different from whatever the mold says you have to be. Um, you can hang out with anybody um, and still stay true to your black culture and still stay true to your roots. Um, you can like something that maybe someone, you know, maybe they say you can't like rock music. If you like rock music, you can still be tr as true to your people and as true to um how you are in your blackness as anybody else. Um, so I think the biggest thing is stay true to yourself. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget your culture um, and find people around you that look like you um, in any sense, just because it's good to have that sense of camaraderie. Um, it's good to know that there are other people that have been through similar experiences um, that can identify with some of the things you may be struggling with, that can talk you through some of their own struggles. Um, but I think you just have to, it's just going back to remain confident in yourself, uh, stay true to yourself, 
um, and let the positive in you shine through and people will come to love that regardless. Um, but don't try to hide yourself. Don't try to make yourself something that you're not. At the end of the day, you're going to do more harm than good. Um, let your personality shine through. Um, we as a people are beautiful, smart, um, creative minds and there's a lot of different ways that uh, we'll act and there's a lot of different perspectives that uh, black people will have and all of those are beautiful and all of those work well so my best advice whenever you're walking into a situation where uh, maybe you're the only black person in the group maybe you're surrounded uh, in, a, in a black university whatever the case may be stay true to yourself stay respectful of others and all good things will happen from there Preach, bruh. Preach. No, but on, on the real side of things, I, I think that that consciousness and that sense of awareness can help push you forward where you're comfortable in this world and in your own skin. And I've experienced it myself, and you and I have talked about this all along your journey. And the fact is, long as you're true to you, you're good to go. And that means you treat people with respect, you treat people with honor and integrity, and you do your thing. Uh, and there's no question uh, in my mind, in my experience with you, that you are very, very aware of this. I think that when you walk in a room and you deal with human beings, whoever they are and whatever their category is, a fact is you deal with them very well. And I try to do the same. So while some of these skills you may have learned with me or from me, I'm relearning them again through you uh, because that mirror is looking right at me. So thank you again for the reminder. It's an outstanding reminder. So now as we're moving along this this precarious, crazy, and eventful timeline of yours, we actually graduate from UC Santa Barbara. It's a party, y'all. It's time to enjoy ourselves, isn't it? We're going to go out and conquer the world and get the biggest paying job and make all kinds of money and take over the world and just make it all happen, right? Right? No. 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 I think that's uh, ah. that's one of the one of the biggest things you learn after school is that uh, it ain't a guarantee. It's helpful. It puts you in a lot of uh, conversations that you may not have been in otherwise. Um, it can definitely look great on a resume. Some of the skills you get in college are fantastic from your writing ability, your critical thinking ability, your communication abilities. All of those things are certainly valuable lessons in college. However, there's no guarantees once you get out. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things you learn after you get out and can, I, you know, I know it's happened to myself and a lot of other you know peers of mine who have graduated go through this same phase where you get out of school, you're used to living in the college lifestyle, you're used to being in a school lifestyle um, for your whole life. And then all of a sudden that changes and you have to be responsible for yourself. You're not applying for the same types of jobs anymore where you're just looking for a part time gig to make some money. Now you're applying for careers. Um, you're looking for companies that can help you move along in your career goal and can help develop you as a worker in whatever field you're in. And sometimes that means going back to school. Sometimes that means um, internships, whatever the case may be. But there's definitely a different there's a change in responsibility. And I think there needs to be a change in how you look at things. Um, it doesn't mean you should stop smiling. It doesn't mean that you should stop having fun or stop seeing your friends. But it does mean that you need to start looking at life um, as more of a, for lack of a better word, just from an adult perspective. Um, when you're going into an interview, you need to take that interview serious. If that means, you know, wearing a tie and a button up um, and some slacks, that's what you'll need to do, as opposed to maybe just wearing a polo and jeans in previous interviews. 
Um, sometimes it means taking a lot of rejections. Sometimes it means you may not work or work for the company of your dreams. You may not get the position of your dreams right away. Um, and that just means you need to work towards that. Um, but I think the biggest thing I've learned is that there's no guarantees even after college. Yes, it does help. Yes, there is a lot of value in it. But ultimately, there's no guarantees. Um, after you get your undergraduate degree, the work is just now starting again. And like I said, sometimes that means going back to school. And by all means, that is just as much of a struggle, getting a master's degree, getting a PhD, um, moving on up in a career, in a workforce environment. Um, it's difficult. It's difficult for everybody. And I'd be lying to say that it's not. But as long as you stay focused and you keep that same hunger you had going out, going in to get to school, going to get your degree, keep that same focus, keep that same hunger and good things will come. But don't let the moment get too big for you. Man, you, you're giving good advice, boy. You're schooling them today uh, and you're reschooling me. And one of the things you mentioned was interviews and whether wearing a tie or not wearing a tie and all those nuances that go with making a good presentation. They wind up becoming very important in your career development. Um, you, you need to know where you are and who you're with. Some environments may allow you to wear a polo shirt, but you have to know the difference. And uh, it's been said that, you know, clothes give a person a sense of um, identity when they walk into a place. I mean, you may, if you dress up a little bit more, feel better when you present yourself at an interview. But just make sure that you're careful to know who you're walking in with and get as much preliminary information before you go so that you can dress the part and you can present yourself uh, at as positive and high a level as you um, desire to do it so that you can be considered. So on that level for interviews, etc., we know that you were working at Apple Computer and you graduate from college and you're still working at Apple Computer. But something happens. You get an offer to work for this other little company and things start to happen. Tell us about Sonos. Yeah. So um, shout out Sonos. Shout out all my people at Sonos. Love y'all. But uh, no. Uh, so Sonos has been honestly a great uh, opportunity for me, a great learning opportunity. Um, so I had finished school and I had heard about the company of Sonos. I didn't know too, too much about uh, the company outside of that. They make speakers. Um, so there are offices in Santa Barbara. So I uh, finished school and then I had a few months left on the lease. Uh, so at that time I was like, well, I can solely start applying for schools in the Bay Area to prepare for when my lease ends, or I can apply for some, uh, or sorry, apply for jobs uh, in the Bay Area for when my lease ends, or I can start applying for jobs down in Santa Barbara. You know, I was like, well, I got some time. I was getting a little tired of working at the Apple store at the time. So I said, well, might as well just see what else is out here. Um, one thing led to another. Got a call from Sonos um, for a technical specialist role and uh, went through a few interviews, um, talked to a different couple different people and ended up getting the job. Um, and it's been a great experience uh, from a learning perspective and from a first job perspective. Um, I mean, going into the job, I was definitely very nervous um, as far as the requirements that they were looking for, some of the technical abilities that they were looking for I didn't have, and uh, some of the knowledge that some people were going into the job uh, that some people had that I just didn't. So going into it, I was definitely a little nervous. Um, for the first few months, I definitely got pretty down on myself. Um, you know, you go through kind of a phase where you're wondering if I can do this, if I'm going to be successful. And then just going back to you keep working at it, you keep learning. Maybe that means and for me, it was going in an hour out early or staying an hour late just to maybe read an article on something or, uh, you know, talk to a colleague on how they were able to figure something out when I couldn't figure that out. 
having those little discussions and being humble, um, being humble enough to know that I'm struggling. I need to ask for help and not trying to just fight through everything. Um, now, that doesn't mean you can't be confident. That doesn't mean you can't walk into a room with confidence, but you can ask questions with confidence. Um, you can still always learn with confidence because at the end of the day, we're all always learning. Um, you know, CEOs are always learning. Doctors are always learning. So never feel as if you have to go into a job and be an expert because they don't expect you to be an expert. You're not expected to be an expert, but what you can be an expert at is, is learning and developing yourself and growing and re, uh, refusing to stay stagnant. And I think that's what's helped me at my time in Sonos um, kind of move through and survive those opening months and uh, get to a position where I'm at now. Speaking very definitively about where you're at now, you know, I'm happy to say as someone who knows and loves you and has worked with you uh, along the way to announce that you had a tour of Costa Rica as a, a trainer for their new teams and you did it more than once and so you're getting acclimated to spanish speaking country to traveling internationally on your own professionally to reporting back to your company and giving them status and meeting minds toward growth and development for their proposition in costa rica and for your own development as an individual and for caring about the people that you're working with so that they can hear you and feel you and get effective information. As an instructor myself for a very long time, I know that that can be very precarious, this idea of imparting information to others and making sure they retain it and caring about them a little, but yet giving them responsibility to follow up and follow through so that you know that you succeeded and that they are prepared so they can succeed. So as layered as that sounds, congratulations for your trip to Costa Rica. Uh, I'm sure inside of you, it was an amazing ex experience to, to retain and to feel good about. But tell us what you think is important in, in that journey and what you offered and learned. Or what can you tell us about that that um, could enhance our understanding of you and Sonos and the, the job? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, the Costa Rica trip, uh, you know, to your point, was definitely a great opportunity. Um, I mean, it was an opportunity to travel to a different country, experience a different culture. And that in itself uh, was a blessing for me. But uh, being able to do it for work, um, having the company have faith in me to send me to train a new recruitment of team members um, and not once but twice um, was definitely good, you know, for my own um, mentality just to show me that I am doing something right. I do have some skills that are applicable and are transferring over and are being seen. Um, so that was definitely valuable. Um, as far as the process goes, it was ultimately, um, you know, we had to apply as far as becoming the trainer, um, had to go through a series of interviews and presentations before being selected. Um, and then ultimately was selected to go down there and train. And uh, it was a great experience. Definitely, you know, long work days, uh, lots of things to learn, lots of new people to meet. But it was great as far as not only learning how to communicate with people of a different culture, talk to people, make friends with people in a different culture, but also learning how to uh, manage fairly large expectations or manage large teams, um, being able to train 20 to 30 people at a given time and being there to support them, help them in their growth, help them in their development, keep them engaged, um, keep them positive, keep them motivated. 
um, all the things that I had to do when I was there. And I think they were skills that I had already had, but had never really had an opportunity or had a major opportunity to express those skills or show those skills. Um, I think Costa Rica was a great opportunity for me in the sense that um, I had to look at a way a program is working, um, evaluate the way something within the company is working, identify if there's any problems and make steps to fix those problems, um, as well as build a team uh, from a commodity standpoint, from a, uh, you know, relationship standpoint from an understanding standpoint having to just develop those relationships and be a major part of the relationships uh developed it was definitely a good experience for me as as well as um all the feedback and uh program development work that we did amazing once again congratulations for extending yourself that way and and moving the needle forward in your career and also you know coming through for your company Fact is, you had a responsibility to live out, and you did it. And I, I love those kinds of stories. Because if you're going to give me the job, I'm going to get it done, whatever it is. And this idea that you could start at point A and get to point Z with effectiveness is, is very impressive. And, and thank you for sharing that. Well, tell us a little bit about this transition. You know, I've always been a music enthusiast, all manner of music. Some would say even eclectic. I mean, a whole host of all kinds of music that I've always listened to my entire life. And I play it in the background and in my home and even in my dojo when I taught. There was music going all the time. And it seems that you've become a bit of a music enthusiast as well. To that point where you have now taken on the position of a DJ, as it were, par excellence. Um, tell us a little bit about how that's happened and where you are with your DJ experience. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, for me, uh, you know, to that point, I'd always been surrounded by music, um, different styles of music, um, different genres, different times, different um places where we're going to be listening to music and all of which helped develop a love for music that's helped me DJ today. Um, so, you know, once I turned uh, 18, I'd started to go into a lot of music festivals, uh, different genre music festivals, rap festivals, EDM festivals, um, different things like that. And ultimately just seeing all the different styles and uh, ways that you can manipulate music started to motivate me. And it wasn't until uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, um, where I went to see a group called Selection. Um, and essentially, they have a very eclectic style of music. Um, it's hip hop based, but they throw in a lot of other styles like jazz, soul, funk, house, um, different things like that. And that's what really draw me into the scene, just in the sense that um, it showed me that there is a space out there. You know, it's, you don't have to be only an EDM DJ. You don't have to only be a hip hop DJ. You don't only have to be a jazz DJ or whatever the case may be. You can listen to different types of music and people listen to different types of music. There's people all over the place that listen to a million different styles. And I think for me, just the fact that I was always listening to those styles anyway, kind of helped me evolve into the DJ position I'm in. So uh, going back, went to see that show, saw selection, really was impressed um, with their show and the music selection and things like that. So uh, within the next few months, just started saving up, went and bought some equipment and uh, just started practicing. And it just goes back to time management. You know, if I have some time after work, even though if it may be a long work day, let's just spend an hour on the tables, learning a new way to transition, learning a new style, downloading music, watching tutorials. Um, so I did that for a while and then at about uh, 
six months in, I met a friend through work who uh, wanted me to play with him at this show um, in a club called EOS in Santa Barbara. And, uh, you know, went and played there. It was definitely a nerve wracking experience because it was my first time um, not only playing at a venue, but playing in front of people that aren't just uh, friends or family. Um, And it ended up working out well. And, you know, one thing led to another. Now I've been playing with uh, the group Comfort Food for the last four or five months or so. And uh, we've just been looking to expand ourselves as far as our brand, um, our music, and uh, just start bringing more music to people across Santa Barbara and across uh, the rest of the Southern California. But I think for me, the journey just kind of started with uh, growing up, being surrounded by music, having a love for music. And that just developed into where I'm at now to where I want to be a part of the music scene. And it's not necessarily for fame or anything like that. I just enjoy music. I enjoy seeing people enjoying music. I enjoy having conversations with people who who like music. And uh, DJing just was the best fit in there. And so now I've just started learning uh, producing and um, using the different tools with that. So um, while it's not may not necessarily be my ultimate career, uh, it's a great way to spend my time, a great way to continue developing myself uh, and just a great way to enjoy yourself. I mean, you know, when you're working a full time schedule, anyone out there who's working a full time job, you know, that day to day grind where you wake up, you do something you may not like for a few hours, you go home and you wait to do it again. Anything you can do to break up that routine, even if it's it doesn't have to be something as big as DJing. It can be knitting. It can be watching your favorite movie. Um, it could be writing, whatever the case may be. Um, I strongly advise anyone out there who's struggling with their day to day to just find something that you can spend some time with and get some joy out of it. Something that you can dedicate a little bit of yourself to something that you can put on a piece of paper and say, this is mine. I like this. This is what I do um, and be proud of it. And it really will help make it help you get through your days a lot easier. Outstanding. Outstanding. Now give us your DJ handle. What's your name, man? Yo, so you can find me, Cozy Kid. Uh, find me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Cozy Kid, C Zero Z Y K I D. You'll catch me uh, a lot of places down in Santa Barbara every other Thursday at Bobcat Room. Um, I'll be playing at EOS tonight in Santa Barbara and uh, places in Ventura. So if you want to see, keep up to date with the latest shows, follow me on Instagram, Cozy Kid, C Zero Z Y K I D. And I'm telling you, my man gets down. I, I I didn't even know he had it like that, but he does. And he's really come a long way. So everybody stand by because if this podcast continues, which I expect it will, and we move to a video format, we plan to sit in on one of his sets and do our show from that venue and uh, let us watch him get down. So uh, continued success, Omar. Outstanding, outstanding growth and development. Really, really good. And still working at Sono Speakers, making good things happen. And I'm hoping that uh, their relationship continues to blossom and that the uh, the company Sono Speakers continues to grow because I happen to have a couple and I love them very, very much. The technology is outstanding. So look them up. Sono Speakers or Sonos.com, as it were, Omar. Sonos.com. Visit Sonos.com and you can find the greatest speaker technology operated by your cell phone um, so that you can and put them all around your house and have them play one at a time or multiple speakers at a time. But it's great, great technology. Omar, it's been great having you sit in with us. And frankly, as our first guest on the Round 12 show, this is an amazing, amazing experience. We could go on all day. But in the interest of time and time management, we're going to bring this to a conclusion. 
And I'm going to leave the close up to you because I respect what you would have to say to our guest. And I, I, I want you to be able to say goodbye in the way that feels right to you. So, ladies and gentlemen, if I may, Mr. Omar Hamilton, break it down and say goodbye. Well, before I head out, just want to say thank you. It's definitely been fun. I've loved being on the show and uh, hope to be back. I uh, hope to be seeing and listening to more shows coming in the future. Um, and uh, just to wrap it up, I just want to say anybody out there, um, it can be difficult times right now if you turn on the news, uh, you turn on TV, you go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you're going to be surrounded with negative information. You may be surrounded with negative news. Keep that positive attitude whenever you can. Life will get down on you, and I know it can get hard, and I know you can have days where you're going to struggle, but try to stay positive where you can. Try to look for the good where you can. Remember that people love you. There's people who care about you. Reach out to them. Use them. Uh, keep them in your circle because at the end of the day, we can't get through this on our own. You need that support. Um, but at the end of the day, don't be afraid to take care of yourself too. Take that personal inventory. Make sure you're always good. Make sure you keep smiling. And if you're not smiling, figure out a way to do so. And uh, that's it for me. I'll catch y'all in the next one. Thank you, Omar Hamilton. Thank you very, very much. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. May the worst days of your future be like the best days of your past. And may you continue to answer life's bell every time. Until next we meet, time. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. May the worst days of your future be like the best days of your past. And may you continue to answer life's bell every time. Until next we meet, time.